And once again, welcome to the Retro Resolutions Podcast. I'm Dylan. This is Matt. And this week is a special, or this episode is a special episode because uh, it was recently your birthday. That's right. And so that means, uh, per the tradition that I suppose starts right now, um, <laughs> it is because yeah. we we started it with my birthday last yep. year, and then uh, we'll continue the, the tradition second. with your birthday. This is the second That's time. Right. Uh, you get to pick a year that we're going to talk about in gaming history. But before we get into that, and I'm very excited to hear about what year you've chosen and uh, all of the gaming history in that year. Before we get into it, let's talk about uh, two things. What games have we been playing and how was the game that we were assigned by each other? Um, I'll let you go first uh, this time. What have you been playing? So uh, what have I been playing? Uh, So... This is a this is a tough one, and I and I argued with myself whether this was retro enough to be considered full on retro. But you know, it's it's a ten year old game. It's on a system. It's on the PlayStation Three. So uh, you know, I kind of considered this uh, a retro game. Now, yeah. the the crazy part about this is that there's a new tv series that inspired me to play oh, this I know where game. this is going yes so the last of us um recently came out on hbo and uh i had played the game a little bit you know a million years ago uh you know probably well, 10 no years more ago. than 10 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh uh and I really liked it, but I just never got, it's one of those games I got and then I start playing and then I kind of just got distracted by other games and never got back to it. And I never played oh, I know this. how that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets really hard. Yeah. Especially when there's a, yeah. When there's a lot of good games out there. Uh, and uh, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, I was using a, a PlayStation three emulator to uh, run it. It's, not as playable as I had hoped, so that's the real bummer. What uh, device were you playing it on? The Steam Deck and okay. my main PC. I went back and okay. forth to see if they were the compatibility was better. And oh, it, uh, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't better even on your more powerful PC. It was. Then. It was. Oh, but okay. it still. It still got some bugs in it that sure. uh, need to be fixed. So the RPS three or whatever emulator. Yeah. RC RPCS3. Thank you. Yeah, that one uh is uh Yeah, it was it was uh uh it's playable up to certain points and then it crashes kind of a thing. Yeah. And so yeah. it you know, I didn't have as much fun as I thought I was going to have, but it still was good just to get in the game and see some of the intro intro introduction and stuff and compare it to the the new show and uh uh so far i've really liked the show have you watched any of the episodes yeah of the yeah. last of us awesome yeah, i've watched the first three episodes so far so what do you think um, it's uh it is good so far um yeah. i you know but i don't know how people are feeling online about it uh but the uh the changes that they've made yeah. to the the story so far, I think, are totally fine. 
I don't yeah. have any problem with them. Um, and I thought it was interesting that if you, you know, at the end, they they have the, the one of the main people that's helping with the show is the game creator. And mm-hmm. I love that he talks about the changes like up front. He's like, this is what we changed and this is why we changed it. And I think that's really cool uh, in the hopes that uh, especially the gamer fans, the gamer community will accept those changes because I, I know it's hard uh, so far. Yeah. I've been really impressed with uh, even I've noticed some changes uh, just playing it the last couple of weeks. And uh, I definitely want to go back and play that. I know, I think they're making a PC version or is there a PC version out there for the last of us yet? I know they've redone so many versions of it. Like they've HD version and a yeah, PS4 version. Uh, yeah. So it was on the PS3 originally. And yep. then they did the PS4 Definitive Edition not very long after because it came out the same year the PS4 came out on the PS3. Ah, gotcha. And, and then they just recently released a part one for the PS5, which is the first game re-released yet again on another platform. Wow. So wow. uh, truly one of the most remade games of all time. Really, truly. And uh, yeah, yikes. Uh, I knew it had been remade, but not to that extent. But, uh, but yeah, so enjoyed, enjoyed the game, enjoyed the movie or the television show so far. Uh, I really like how they're doing the, the, the uh, fungus and the infections and how they look yeah. look very accurate to the game. So a lot of the yeah. key things to me for the game have been, uh, you know, spot on. So I've really enjoyed that. But uh, uh, and then of course I played the game that you picked for me, which I am spacing the name of. Uh, what's Sly the name Cooper of? and the Thievius Raccoonus. Yes, <laughs> and a really easy to remember name uh, of a game. Uh, <laughs> And I played that on the Steam Deck uh, for the PS2 emulator, yeah. uh, and uh, and that played great. You know, of course, on the Steam Deck, and oh, yeah. it looked really no good. There. And I'll tell you what I liked about it first is I liked the animation esque graphics. They really made it feel like yeah. you're in an animation uh, versus like trying to make it look real or make it look. 8-bit or whatever it you know they really try to make kind of a cartoony style yeah like uh, a saturday morning cartoon kind of yeah saturday morning yeah. cartoon 3d world and it looks great um love the graphics uh and it, it's really interesting to me that yeah the i could see that character really launching off but he was kind of a mystery to me. Like I really didn't know who this character was, even though he was kind of considered by Sony a mascot, you know? Um, but uh, I will say that I struggled with some of the, uh, the timing of some of the jumping and, mm. and I don't know if that's just because it was on emulation versus a yeah. system or if it's just me and my MS and whatever, you know, I'd like to say that, but you know, I've just been playing uh, Forspoken uh, on the PS5, and that's a lot of dodge timing to to get, plus doing uh-huh. spells, and I feel like I'm doing a lot better on that game than I did on 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 
this that's slide. interesting i should try and I'll, I'll maybe i'll check it out on my steam deck and see i'd be curious to see if like if is it a time is it just and it could be just me and maybe i just don't yeah, i'll definitely if, if it's an emulation latency thing i will definitely be able to tell you would notice it way more than i would that's yeah. for sure yeah you tend to pick up on that stuff right away so yeah yeah i'd be curious but uh you know it was a once again it was one of those games that i probably would have never picked up so it was fun to try out i just hated that i sucked at it you know it was one of, you know where i was just like man i cannot do this game uh so it got a little frustrating but uh i know you've had similar experience on the arcade stuff that i've given you but uh anyway so that's that uh how about yourself yeah. what have you been playing uh uh and the game that i signed you of course yeah, well, I'll start with the game that you assigned me. You assigned me Blade Dancer for the uh, PSP, yep. and which is a which is a JRPG. Yes. Um, and I've been playing it on the Steam Deck. And what I really liked about this was, well, I'm going to start with not the game uh, <laughs> that I liked about it, but what I liked about the experience was that um, this is the first time I tried to roll a, MP, a PSP emulator on the Steam Deck. And really, it was my first time really jumping into the emulation on the Steam Deck outside of I did uh, I did Prime Hack, but that was so modified that yeah, it kind of was almost closer to a PC port than it really an emulation. is. It's kind of crazy how that feels like a like an updated port. Yeah. So uh, so this was the first time I'd really dived into a lot of the more emulation specific stuff Good. Um, Good. on on the steam deck so yeah. uh i messed with some of the filters because of course the steam deck's got a much better screen than the psp and yeah. um it was upscaling and stuff and i and so after getting into the game a little bit with just the default settings i thought you know what i bet i could make this more enjoyable with some of the uh filters nice. that they offer so I, I played around with that and that was fun uh, not to say that the game wasn't enjoyable. I just thought, you know, it might be fun to mess around yeah, with the settings. Yeah, I'm curious to see what filters you played with, you know, or, um, you know, the settings. We'll have to talk about that sometime. The one the one thing that I wish I could have done that I couldn't get was like an LCD grid. I wanted to try and make it look more like a PSP. Yeah. Uh, so I turned off the anti-aliasing and I uh, turned on a um, an LCD ghosting filter so that it had oh. some of the LCD persistence from like, you know, the PSP had kind of a blurry look to it, it because oh, the totally. persistence of the screen would give it kind yeah. of a ghosting effect. Yeah. So I turned that on Interesting. and then, um, like I said, I did, I couldn't find an LCD grid. Uh, I did turn on, um, muted colors, like a PSP color, uh, palette. color palette sort of thing that it, it would kind of gave it a duller color because uh, sometimes oh. when when a game is designed around colors that it knows it's going to have on it like a gba was was famous for this where they would like really punch the reds up yes um or all of the colors they would like way oversaturate them because the, the gba screen was so bad it really was it would compensate but then when you put those same color values on a good screen they're yeah. really over overdriven yeah and it so, feels like you're in like florida in you know miami yeah. you know, all of a sudden yeah, yeah. and they're like neon and so neon, you got to turn yeah. them down a little bit and so uh, i wanted to see what kind of a closer approximation this game looked like on the original hardware uh and then i tried like an lcd 
or sorry, not an LCD, a CRT uh, scan line sort of effect on it just to try that out. And so that was fun. I had a lot of fun messing around with the settings. Um, and so since this is an RPG, I enjoyed, I, I felt like uh, the, it just kind of drops you in to the story uh, where you're yeah, just like on like this boat, boat and, and you just show you, up. And, you show up at a harbor and you're yep. on your way. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, I wandered through the town and talked to people and then I like wandered through. Nobody really gives you a direction of like, oh yeah, go fight in the forest. And so I wandered into the forest. Yeah. And uh, then I found, oh, okay, this must be where you're supposed to go because there's enemies here. And uh, and the thing I struggled with was that because it's a RPG of the time, you know, like probably 2004, I bet this game came out. Probably. I mean, uh, it, maybe that's like even a little late. Four. Maybe two or two thousand three. Yeah, it's it, it was a fairly well, early release, if I remember correctly, yeah. on the PSP. I mean, it's I I remember uh, being excited about it because it came to the U.S. There was so there were still so few Japanese right. RPG games that were even coming to the United States that you know, and most of them were coming to either the US as PSP or uh, PS3 exclusives, you know. Yeah. That, so uh, this one was in fact 2006. I was a little bit off my Oh, bad. wow. That's, um, I'm surprised it was that late. Which is actually, well, I don't even, the PSP itself, what came out in 04. Okay, yeah, the PSP came out in 04. So Four. this is only a year, well, and in North America, 05. So this is only like a year after the PSP came out. It came out. Okay, good. I was. I felt like I. Yeah, my out. my timeline was a little off on that. Um, Still. So because, but regardless, because of the time and the tech yeah. that it was on, um, it uh, it has a very common function for RPGs in particular, which is that if you, you, you there's save points, and then if you die in battle, yeah. it just it it just drops you to the title screen, and you have to load your last save. Yes. Uh, so I struggled with that, and yeah. then your character kind of moves a little slowly, and then the battle yeah. system is like a, it's like an active time battle. So it it's yeah. turn based, but you have to wait for your next turn through a timer. Yeah. Um, which is you know Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VII, like that's like a well, it's like well used, established, yeah, yes, fighting um, system, and it was for sure. Yeah, so so that's not like that concerning, but it was just, it was a little bit slow because I was trying to yeah. you know get into it. Well, so especially I, now, you know, modern games, right? Including Japanese RPGs, JRPGs. Oh yeah, it's just it's a lot faster. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. There's less, less waiting for stuff to happen. So um, I th- did another thing that is a, a benefit of using emulators. Yeah, and, and I like this. Was, I want to try this. <clears throat> I, I used a fast forward button and yeah, save states. Yeah. Uh, and that really helped out a lot because it was like, a, let yeah. me get further faster. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I didn't make it very far into the game because I would get frustrated. I would go into a battle or a couple of battles yep. and then die. I would die. Yeah. Like, Man, now I got to start at the last save or whatever my last save state was and yeah. so it's slow going even with those improvements yeah, um, that's interesting but i liked 
I liked the uh, premise. I wish that there was a little bit more. And again, this is like a just games that are older. Uh, we've yeah. made a lot of pr- improvements on uh, onboarding and uh, like in-game tutorializing that, that didn't exist back then or just weren't done back then, which is like maybe they should have like dropped me into some of the um, uh, weapon uh selection options or or armor selection options and taught me how to use those a little bit sooner um but uh i i liked it it was cool um well i I think at that time too like you said i think that the time was that uh and one of the reasons i think that i came away really liking it is there weren't a lot of really good uh until then i mean there were quite a few on the psp but i loved that uh, there were quite a few uh, RPG style games that came out on that system, even though it was a portable system. Yeah. I wish they would have made it though. And you hit on one key spot that I did not like about the game and many of the other ones in that system was uh, I wish they would have used a save state type setup or, a, you know, auto saving, you know, versus, yeah. You know, having to go to these save stations on a portable system, I think they learned eventually from PSP. Oh, yeah. Well, and there was technical limitations at the time, especially with RPGs. RPGs have large save files relative to other games because there's lots of numbers for it to write. Yeah. And so um, it makes sense that with those limitations, technical limitations that yes. you would you're keeping track of a long list of, of values. That's right. You just do it all at once. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're compromising that, that, other places. Like you said, you get stuck in certain areas. And I love that. Yeah. I honestly want to go back, you know, and play it, like you said, with the fast forward and the save states that to me would really improve that that'd be a massive oh yeah you know it really what it made me think was uh uh and this will never happen this is just not gonna happen but maybe a a a, a refresh or a uh you know a remake or some sort of like bringing it to the modern age with with some quality of life improvements yeah, it'd be, it'd be I mean, cool. for me, of course, it would be awesome. I would love that. But like you said, yeah, like, I don't, it just wasn't popular enough in the U.S. Crafting to, systems are all the rage these days, right? Everything's yeah. letting you pick stuff up and form new weapons and items and stuff. This yep. game was doing it back in 2006. It was. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. It was. And, you know, uh, I will also say the one thing that was hard about this game is it, and it is, it, and this kind of makes it a tough recommendation for you to play over just a couple of weeks is right. That, is that it does have a slow start, a slow oh, build yeah. up. But once you start getting some of your power up type stuff and you, you know, you're crafting better, uh, you really understand that this, the world was huge. And oh, yeah. that was one of the first games that really felt like, uh, it felt like I was playing uh, in a, at the time, the only games that I could even equate this to was an MMO because uh, the world got so big uh, that it just felt like an MMO, but yet you're the only guy, you're the only person in there and it's all yours and you can just do whatever you want in this game. Uh, that was really cool. That was really neat. But yeah, yeah. And the, the, at I'm the time, 
at the time we were really shifting we i say as i'm talking about developers in other countries yeah, of video games right. um we were shifting culturally in the video game culture we were shifting to uh uh like active battles right especially on the psp was like uh yes uh, uh what was the what was the final fantasy on the psp um uh, crisis core crisis the, core. one of the big yeah, ones yeah so yeah. we were shifting to a lot of like active and that that is still reverberates today right final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy yeah. 15 were yeah. all like oh we got to do this active it's still an rpg but it's basically um a third person action game yeah uh, as far as the combat is concerned um with some light RPG turn-based elements, you know, where you can like sort of stop time or whatever. Uh, so, uh, th th things were different. And so I kind of take, um, I, I have an appreciation for a game like this that st stops and goes, no, there's still some more exploring we can do in, in these older mechanics. Uh, I think of similarly to Suikoden on the PS1, right? Yes. Um, graphics were shifting to 3D. Yeah. And RPG mechanics were shifting to uh, uh, active time battle instead of purely turn-based. And Suikoden stopped and said, no, there's some more exploring we can do here in the older things. So they used sprites for their graphics and they pixel sprites for their graphics and they still did solid turn-based battle mechanics and the areas that they innovated on were in the story and in the character selection and yes. um and then doing like a mini games with their wider army battles so i think this almost has some some of the elements of Suikoden in it in that it, it kind of not in not really in what kind of a game it is other than that it's an rpg but in yeah. like it's yeah. it's decision to continue to refine older mechanics in its genre and i think that's pretty cool yeah absolutely very cool that's awesome um but it did make me think <laughs> let's go back to your sly Cooper. how far did you get in sly cooper not very far so i got i think i got through the first level where i was climbing up climbing up ladders and going around like sleuthing around like buildings uh you'd have to do this kind of special move to kind of yeah uh, the sparkles um yeah and the sparkles and the yeah <laughs> the sparkle moves and the uh but i got through like the first level and i think that was it i think uh, okay and then after that, it was just it, the timing was too hard. Yeah, uh, no. If the timing's you know, off on a platformer, then oof, it's over. It just and it, like work. I said, it could have been. I only played it on the Steam Deck, and I could have maybe tried some tweaks or something. I just, uh, I honestly just blamed myself. Uh, you know, just kind of figured. Nah, oh, probably I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah, the reason I asked it. is because. Um, one of the things that is cool about it that I can't remember what it was you said about lit, uh, Blade Dancer that made me think about this, but one of the things that was cool about it was the the Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Uh, yes, is yeah. strong in that it has um, at the beginning of each like section of the game because after you finish that first area, there's like a um, there's there's you move on to like different worlds. Um, 
and uh so like one of them is like uh is like a casino and there's like this big buff um bulldog that that runs the casino and one of them is a frog who's got like a library that's flooded that you kind of jump through and one of them is a alligator in a swamp and so there's like these different worlds that you go to and before each of those worlds and and those sections it's like it's an episode of a cartoon so it's got a little intro story that shows you the title card and sly kind of explains like okay after we did that in the last level now we are we drove to the bayou and we gotta go And they do some pun and then it does a cute little thing with like a voodoo doll and, and it shows you the title card. And that's, yeah. I don't know, that's kind of neat. Maybe you should check no. this out on YouTube. Yeah, totally. But it's great. I mean, it is cool. Yeah. And I need to, yeah, maybe I should watch some of those other ones. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that first le- level was kind of a training level, really. But it was Oh, yeah, still... absolutely. Because if I'm not wrong, you're like in Paris and you just like steal yeah, something from kinda... like Carmelita Fox. Yes, Carmelita Fox. You get to Carmelita Fox, and she like threatens you, and yeah, you, know, you guys kind of have words, and like, and again, very action, cartoon. Yeah, you know, it's goofy. Saturday it's morning goofy. cartoons. You know, it was great. So uh, that was really cool. I definitely love that. Yeah, um, you know what I. I have not been playing retro games aside from Blade Dancer really all that much. Instead, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a moment. I'm gonna tell you what I've been playing that is not retro. Okay. Uh, a game was surprise dropped this week on Xbox Game Pass called mm. Hi-Fi Rush. And okay. here's why I'm okay talking about it as part of this podcast. This game feels like it was a GameCube game that just sat dormant and for 20 years it was never released and was never released and they were like oh man we forgot to release this game on the gamecube let's clean (laughs) it up and put it out on modern systems wow Uh, because it has talk about saturday morning cartoon vibes um it it has just this very awesome cartoon art style like a very sly cooper art style to actually really and um but the story is that it is uh you're this character who is working wants to join like some he's seen this propaganda for this big mega conglomerate corporation and and they're like oh well you know join our thing and and we'll give you robot augmentation so he goes to get the robot augmentation and he's like really into music so he's got this ipod and he's listening to music all the time. And then he goes in for the, the operation and they like make him set his stuff aside like it's prison. You know, they put it in a bin and he's wearing a hospital gown. And then he goes in for the operation <laughs> and his iPod falls out of the bin onto his chest while he's like strapped down to get the robot operation. And this big robot machine crushes the iPod into him during wow. its like robot augmentation thing. And it gives him this rad robot arm, uh, which was like broken before he he joined his arm was broken so it got replaced with a robot arm but it augmented the ipod as part of his robot augmentation awesome awesome and uh because of the ipod the whole world is to the beat of the music from his ipod and so it's a rhythm game but it is a third person action game with like combos and stuff like a like a devil may cry or a bayonetta 
but it's to the beat of the music and so the whole world is like sinking to the beat it does like every time you walk through a door and some robot flips out it you know and and the stage like reconfigures itself it's all to the beat you know and then when you're fighting your character will automatically do everything to the beat of the song but if you push the buttons in sync with the beat then it gives you extra damage and and uh allows for extra combos and stuff and it is a blast and it is so weird that it came out right now because like i said it is like it's in line with like a beautiful joe or something it is so cool now is it only available uh can you get it on like uh steam or is it only available on xbox no, it's available on Xbox, uh, Windows Store for PC, and Steam. Okay, sweet. I might have to get it on Steam. I, you know, what's interesting is that like when you and I both got like we have our Xboxes and we have our PS5s. I always figured I would be playing more Xbox and you would be playing more PS5 for some reason, but really it's kind of been the opposite. Like yeah. I feel like I've been playing more PS5. And you've been playing more Xbox stuff, maybe because of the, the your past or whatever. Yeah, and, the game and, that's not, and that could be just my own preconceived notions of of you and I. But for whatever reason, I just felt like you know that was just what was going to happen, and it's totally kind of the opposite. Uh, yeah, where weird. I've kind of been on the PS5, and especially lately because of Forspoken, which you and I will talk about outside yeah. of this podcast. But. Uh, um, yeah, that's really cool. And I, yeah. I have to admit, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, there's there's several new games out there that I really want to play, and uh, so I've been kind of focused on more modern games. But I'm definitely uh, after probably next week. I'll yeah, you know, once I get uh, oh, what's the other remake that they? What's the remake game that they just released? Finally, uh, there's a there's a few. <laughs> Yeah, the space know. one where you salvage things and you go onto this and it's you have like chainsaws and you run around and it's space and it's it's horror horror. Oh, Dead Space. Dead Space. Thank you. Ugh. Could not think yeah, of it. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot sad. that came out. Yeah. Yeah, that came out, and so I'm like, do I get it on the Xbox? Do I get it on the PS5? I'm probably. I need to look at it and see, but I'll probably get it on PS5. But anyway. yeah, you could get it on Steam Deck, but and that's don't true. Get it on I PS5. thought about it, but I was just like, you know, the graphics look no, so. No, you want that good. ray tracing. Yeah, I do. I do. So go for PS5. So is my that's kind of what I'm thinking too. So anyway, uh, so uh, let's, so uh, let's get into uh, what year have you chosen, man? I'm excited. You know, I I struggled with this because you know I was born in 1974. Uh, I am now 49 years old. Uh, so I've got a lot of years to pick from. Uh, but I also, you know, and I, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but I really feel like I was the perfect age for uh, the beginning of video game, uh, home video games, and even arcade mm. video games set up. Uh, I, I was by being born in 1974 by the time i you know by the time the 1980s rolled around i was old enough to really fully experience a lot of the the great systems that came out in the early days like of course uh the atari the nintendo uh and all the 
subsequent sequel sequels. Um, but uh, so I thought this being my first year, first time to pick a year, I thought I'd start a little early. 74, sadly, there was not a lot going on. Uh, yeah. The 70s, and that's kind of what I'll start with. So the 70s <clears throat> really, and I do remember this, the biggest thing that was really out in the 70s before the Atari was single game systems. And almost all of them were variants of like Pong. Like yeah, I was going to say, like, the one I could name is Pong. Yeah, and there was like a there was like one that was like a really basic. I mean, you know, really basic uh, uh, bike riding game where you had like the two handlebars and and it was, but it was it it, it was it, I think it was even in black and white. It was really bad. But uh, and one of our friends had that, and I know a friend. I think my parents had the Pong system the official Atari Pong system. And then uh, and there were a ton of ripoffs. Like they were just, there was no like copyright of Pong. So there was this like, there were, there were all these crazy companies out there that were making all these little, you know, single systems and all trying to sell, like we've got 50 new games on it, but really it was just like 50 different variations of table tennis or whatever, you know, it was really, uh, really kind of boring because you know, once you bought the system, that's all you had is at most, you know, you had maybe some several sort of unique games, but uh, it all really came back to like Pong basics. So, uh, and in fact, it almost surprises me that video games started to take off because right when the Atari came out, it was, those were starting to like die off and people were like yeah they were neat for like a party trick or you know and i remember like going to my parents friends houses for like new year's parties or whatever and like the kids would all be around playing those games you know uh those little single systems but even you know yeah we got bored of them pretty quick but i remember seeing and i cannot i cannot even begin to tell you what and where or when even this was uh i remember seeing a uh some sort of system that obviously connected to your tv and was a video game system but that it had like plastic uh sheets that you would stick to the tv so yeah. that it would change that it would quote change the game you were playing but yes. it was the same game on the tv and it was just an overlay that you put on it to give it a different theme yes and that system oh hold on i'm gonna go back to yeah let me go back here uh that system there was one that was uh uh so it was called the magnabox odyssey and that was technically one of the first ones that had removable cartridges they were actually cards they weren't even they were like circuit boards no joke like mm-hmm. unprotected circuit boards that you would plug into the system. The system itself looked like a defibrillator, which I got off of, uh, I'm quoting at Games Radar, uh, gamesradar.com uh, article on the history of video games. And it calls these the grandfather of video games. So I feel a little old remembering these in real life. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend that had one of those that with the overlay, not a friend, but a like, you know, somebody I knew, you know, through my parents or something, but, uh 
they had one of those game overlay things and uh mm-hmm. yeah they were not cool you know they it was just really it was still really basic and uh you know uh but you know the magnavox odyssey 2 i think came out and that was a big improvement it had sound it had uh and it had color so that was kind of cool but uh we really had color what the the magnavox odyssey had color the second one i think did the first one did not uh is uh is uh my understanding so the year that i'm going with uh is and 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 also you should tell uh our audience how you are you were born in 91 so that's true yeah there's there is that big uh uh so the fact that you even heard about that actually kind of impresses me because uh yeah that was that was like 1976 or something like that Mm. so yeah that's that's old school uh the year that i'm going to pick is 1977 which is a tough year uh, to do. But I feel like uh, if I'm going to talk about some of these early years, which I do want to do on my birthday, I've got to start with the Atari 2600. And That came out in 1977? 1977. Yep. Crazy. Uh, I know. You You. Uh, you own one. I own a. I own I a, uh emulation system of one. Um, I have so what's I, called a light sixer. The light sixer, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, of course, the Darth Vader, which I never mm-hmm. had, but uh, oh man, I even today I get tempted to buy one on eBay. Uh, but uh, and I, yeah, I, I've owned several, and I have many a cartridge running around, laying around on this house. But uh, yeah, so the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, uh, I was the actual one of the first people in the neighborhood to get one, and. It really wasn't even for me. I think my dad wanted it because it was the new cool thing to have, you know, technology-wise. And uh, uh, and I'm I'm I definitely have to say I'm grateful. My my dad liked technology and was interested in tech, uh, and so uh, yeah. So we got an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it was one of the first to have you know like genuine cartridges. The games were in color. Uh, but what's amazing, and if you go to like Google and look up an Atari symbol image and look at the size of that image, it is probably 20 times larger than what those cartridges could store. They could store from oh, 2K yeah. to 4K, as you know, they kind of had they kilobytes, kilobytes, yeah, kilobytes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Which, so I mean, okay, do we want to? There's, there's no way somebody's nerdy enough to be listening to us and doesn't know what a byte is, right? I hope not. But that's why I'm saying look up yeah. an image and look at how big that image is right. of an Atari symbol. Not the you know the system. Just look up the smallest image you can find. And it's probably bigger than, uh, in fact, I would guarantee you it's bigger than what an entire game cartridge would be able to store at that point in time. Right, I'm going to look for the t- most terrible image I can find, but it is in color, so that's going to work against it. But I have I have searched by small, and I'm going to save it to my desktop here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Let searched by small. We're just going to do this. Ex- we'll do it live. We'll do this experiment do it live. live. Yeah. <sighs> what size did you say? 
uh, two to four kilobyte is the size of uh, the cartridges. So what's what's the size of your? I found uh, the smallest one I could find. Just the first one when I hit small and it looked as crappy as I could look at. um, Four kilobytes. Wow. So you actually found one that small. Good job. One image. Yeah. Which I mean. But I'm sure it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It looks like crap. Uh, It it is 49 by 52 pixels. Wow. And it was an Atari symbol? Yep. It's a rainbow Atari symbol. Oh wow! And they managed, and that's pretty impressive. Well, like you said, I'm sure it looks terrible, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so having that struggling. just gives you an idea think of how small even... uh, that they had. You know what they had to work with, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, game classic games like uh, Adventure, which was you know one of the ground breaking beginnings of rpgs you know you went around you fought these things that look like ducks they were apparently dragons i always thought they were just giant ducks uh when i played (laughs) it as a kid uh and please look it up because yeah they look like little duck or big ducks and you were this like little you were a dot you were a dot yeah this block character that ran around and like if you got a sword it was like this big monstrous thing and uh uh and of course, the the big Easter egg was that uh, the uh, creator was not allowed to have his credits in anywhere on the game, but he hid them in a secret room that you could get to. And uh, of course, that's uh, I'm sure most of us fellow nerds know this, but yeah, Adventure, you know, that was one of the big games on there. Uh, I remember, and I know this came out later, but. I was so stoked that uh, Pac-Man was going to come out for the Atari. And, you know, Pac-Man was a huge, you know, huge. I I don't even know how to describe how big of a hit it was because it was like, you know, it was on the news. There were songs being made about it. There were like pop songs on the radio about it. It, uh, Pac-Man Fever, uh, classic 80s song. Uh, And like, you know, it, it went beyond the nerd, our nerd uh, realm uh, to, I remember my mom wanting to play it because all our friends at work were talking about it. And we were at a Shakey's pizza restaurant, and, <laughs> uh, which most of those sadly don't exist unless you're in California. There's a few down there, but uh, Shakey's pizza. And they had like two video games. I think it was Pong or no Space Invaders. Space Invaders and Pac-Man. And uh, yeah, it was just huge. So the game comes out. I'm super excited. And Pac-Man for the Atari 2600. For the Atari 2600. Atari 2600. And Man, I'm a little uh, disappointed. I just went to look at my uh, my Atari 2600 games and thought I had Pac-Man, and I don't. And you, Oh, I, I do. And uh, uh, I do have the cartridge, uh, so I need to loan it to you because, yeah, it's great to play on an original <laughs> system. But so when it came out, everybody was mad because it didn't it hardly looked like the game. The sound was terrible. But once again, we were uh, one. Well, one, there wasn't a lot of programming tricks that we know now. Like you could make a new uh, Atari 2600 version of of uh, of Pac-Man and it would look a lot better. Like they actually made miss pac-man and they did a much better job of that version 
because they started learning these programming tricks and, you know, uh, being able to use 4K versus 2K, all that stuff. But I'll tell you, I have a love for that version of Pac-Man now over any other version of Pac-Man. Like if you ask me, you want to play Pac-Man? I would play it on the Atari 2600 now. Really? App, I know. And I think it's because... But you could play the arcade version on your mister. Well, I know. Absolutely. And I, and I do. But... And, I, and actually, I play th- this on the mister, the 2600 version on the mister as well. Uh, which, yeah, if you want to play Atari, oh, playing the Atari on the mister is just so spot on perfect uh uh and of course you can use you know much more modern uh video adapters so you can connect it via hdmi and it looks great versus a lot of the other older ways to convert the rf frequency to to um because yeah this used literally radio frequencies to broadcast on your tv to play the system, the video game system. But uh, yeah, there was just something about that Pac-Man that, uh, you know, and and here's something that's that I think really differs in the age of the internet in the, and in all the games that we have nowadays is that when you bought a video game cartridge, that was probably your allowance for like the next month. So even if you didn't like a game that you bought, I think that your patience to play a game that you may or may not like is is was very different than it is today. Today, you don't like a game? Fine. Ask for a refund on Steam and go find another game. Or, you know, or just go buy, you know, there's just a million games out there where this, at least for me as a child, it was like, yeah, it was like, yeah, there goes my allowance for the next month. Uh, even if I didn't like a game, I would play the heck out of it uh, just to experience it. Um, because I had nothing better to do on the video game systems that you owned, you know? Right. And so you either played your old cartridges, which you probably already played like crazy, or you played even that semi decent game or, or bad game. You know, I played a lot of ET and I, and I still hate that game to, to this day. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the developer on ET, which that was the other, of course, big famous game that came out uh, that uh, flopped for the Atari 2600 was E.T. based off of the E.T. movie, uh, The Extraterrestrial. Uh, and boy, it was a, it was a, it was an awful game. I mean, you would get stuck in these pits and you'd have to use, you'd like raise your head as you played as E.T. and you would raise your, your extraterrestrial head and you would float in the sky and you would try to get out of these pits. And if you didn't time it just right, you would fall back down into the pit. And uh, I mean, it felt like it was broken. It felt like the game, because like you would do the same thing the next time and it would work. It, it didn't seem to like matter how you timed it. it so it felt, yeah, it just felt broken. But, uh, and you didn't really understand what you're supposed to do with the game. You're supposed to collect these parts to phone home, but then, you had these like mystery dudes running after you that were supposed to be the like space agency dudes in ET that were hunting down ET. And, uh, you know, the guy had to develop it in like 
I, what was it like? I mean, it was like four, like eight weeks or something. He had to develop yeah. this whole game, get it ready for develop and release it. So I do feel bad. I mean, I agree with him, the author, that yes, he made a good game for what he had the time to do, but there's just no way around it. It's it was probably the worst game on the Atari uh, that uh, that uh, oh that I ever played. I, I just absolutely hated it. Um, but there were some other classics. Like, uh, in fact, the game that I want to uh, assign to you for our next um, uh, chat is our next podcast is uh, an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, and uh, it definitely recommend the Mister to play it on. And uh, it is called Megaforce. Mega does that Force. ring a bell? Megaforce. No, so, it does not. It's not. Megaforce. Uh, it might, I have a, you have to, you'll think this is hilarious. It's a little dusty. Uh, pardon my, my dustiness. Ooh, but check nice. out, this is my, this is my Atari games. Oh yeah. And oh, those are, is, yeah. You've got a lot of the ones I have. That's awesome. This is my, uh, Asteroids, Defender, it? Missile Command. Those yeah. are all great games. Oh, oh, turn it around. It's upside down. Oh, oh it's upside Frogger. down now? Yeah. It was, uh, it was the right way up. The, yeah. That looks good. Oh really? Okay. Um, So So you got uh, Enduro, Asteroid, Wow! Oh, Combat, classic, classic Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. That came with a lot of the system. Yeah. So that Qbert, who is the company that made that? You look at that. Yeah, you can see the cartridge is a different shape. So Qbert and Frogger are different shaped, but they they work in the Atari. Uh, And uh, Parker Brothers. Yes, Parker Brothers. So, you know, Parker Brothers was a, you know, originally a developer of board games. Yeah. And so... Uh, Monopoly fame, right? Or is that Monopoly? Mon- Monopoly was Parker Brothers. That's right. And uh, uh, they did some really good games. I mean, one of my, my, my favorite Atari 2600 game is Empire Strikes Back. Uh it was it was released by Parker Brothers. Uh, it's one of the first home video games of the Star Wars uh, systems, and uh, it was pretty simple. You just flew around and fought adats, just one adat after another. So it was kind of video game like at the time. Sure. Uh, but a lot of people don't know you can land and it'll heal your ship, and that's a trick you have to figure out uh, it's in the booklet but you know what kid reads the booklet the instruction manual at least we didn't have the time but uh you know or if we wanted extra story it, that was really fun to read the instructions but like you know empire strikes back you just jumped in and start playing and uh anyway uh that's a really great game but mega force the reason i want to recommend this is kind of twofold one when i was a kid growing up you know there were a lot I mean, as as there is today, I'm sure there's a you know there's a lot of bad movies being made, but uh, Mega Force was a movie. Deeds not words was their logo on the uh, deeds not words oh uh, was their logo. It it was about this this team of like it was kind of like this uh, united force of like special agents from all over the world. It was kind of like the UN of special forces and they all joined together and uh uh 
they had these like really cool like bikes that had missiles on them they had like and it could fly the bike could fly i mean it was just crazy and then they had these like little jeeps and things uh and it's it's a terrible movie but i love it as a kid i loved it because it had really bad special effects oh wait so sorry megaforce is a movie it is a really bad B movie. Okay. And so Megaforce is a movie. You should definitely watch it. Uh, uh, or at least the trailer. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a terrible, like I said, it's a terrible movie, but as a kid, you, you forgave a lot of the special effects that as an adult, you wouldn't oh, yeah. think, you know? And so this movie was great as a kid. It was like GI Joe. Uh, it was like, the G.I. Joe, and that's what I think oh, they were trying sure. to do, was they were trying to be the G.I. Joe of the movies, you know, without getting the G.I. Joe license. Because, you know, G.I. Joe is kind of like that, too. They've got all these, like, you know, you've got all these people from all over the world joining together with their specialties to fight evil. And that's and that's kind of what Megaforce was about. And, yeah, it's it's... You know, most people would say it's one of the worst movies in the 80s. To get it on Blu-ray, I had to import it from Japan. They got a... Uh, uh, and it was an actual Blu-ray um, transfer, which was really cool. So uh, I bought it and had it... Uh, for whatever reason, it, it was really popular in Japan. So uh, they sold it on Blu-ray there. And they I don't think... I think it made DVD here. But hmm. anyway... Megaforce was a bad movie, but for whatever reason, they made a video game of it, and it was a super fun video game. Like I was telling you, you had this bike, and it would it could it could kind of transform into this flying machine, and on the video game you could do that. So on the you'll be on the ground, you'll be on this bike, and then when you fly above this certain level of sky, you know it's a two D game. You'll right. start flying, and you fly around, and you have to protect these little bases. And uh, it's very kind of Defender-esque uh, of a game. but uh, Yeah, yeah, it totally graphics, looks like Defender. Yeah, it really is. So anyway, uh, that's your game. Uh, I think it's just a total blast of a game. And, uh, uh, and of course, for me, it was linked to a, a, a movie that I, at the time, I loved. I just loved that movie uh, as a kid. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was super fun. Uh, and then, yeah, let's see. We talked about E.T. and how bad it was. And, of course, yeah. there was this big thing, you know, uh, there was this big thing that there was, the that, uh, you know, after the Atari, uh, it, the, the gaming uh, world kind of went into kind of a crisis. Uh, 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 it was the uh, the great video game crash of 1983, right? The 1983 game crash, and and really, there just wasn't a lot of innovation at that point. You know, the Coleco had come out, and the Coleco offered, uh, like it offered near uh, video arcade game graphics, but like Pac-Man, you know, it had a great Pac-Man and stuff like that. It had a great mm-hmm. uh, Defender, other games like that. But it really wasn't that much, it wasn't that innovative when it came to the games. A lot of them were just arcade games that they could do really well. Uh, uh, so after that, yeah, it, the well just kind of dried up and 
And yeah, there's all these news programs talking about how video games are done. It was a fad and everybody's moving on from the video games. And of course, that's when Nintendo came out uh, and changed the world. So that'll be probably my next year will be the NES for uh, my next year that I cover because I want to cover that one for sure. But but the Atari 2600, uh, 1977, I was really I was only well, let's see, I was three years old, four years old. So I really didn't start playing it till I was like, you know, in 1980, 1981. So by that time, you know, some of the, a lot of the good games were coming out, including Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just a fun system. And yeah, the graphics were really bad, but as a kid reading either the, or looking at the cover of the of the box which i i we've talked about before too is that it was so influential because that influenced your imagination so the the game was just a piece of you know uh imagining what the system you know what that world really would look like um and uh yeah that totally changed uh as video games became more realistic uh but for the atari it was a very a creative, imaginative world. And depending on how people used it, uh, some games were really, really basic. uh, And some were just incredibly complex for such a simple system. And nowadays, uh, they're releasing, kids are releasing amazing ports and games Mm -hmm. on the Atari 2600 that still fit within the 4K limit. And uh, you can now play them, of course, on... on, uh, either emulation or, or Mr. Uh, type systems. And it, it, it's kind of mind blowing what, what we can do now. Have you heard of halo 2600? No. So a guest, a guest on this show, our first and so far only guest on this show. Yeah. Oh, our special episode, Ed freeze. Yeah, Freeze, yeah. Former head of games at Microsoft. He developed a, uh, what do you call them? A, uh, a demake of Halo for the Atari 2600 in um, 2010. So it's been 13 years, but he did in 2010 a demake for Halo for the Atari 2600. Uh that uh, yeah is is it's a it's an action Halo game. For oh, the, I totally got to check it out. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, this was the first system that really. Uh, this was the first system that really did movies. So, like, you had like Megaforce, you had ET, uh, you had uh, Crawl, uh, which if you haven't seen Crawl, another great. Uh, it was one of the it was an amazing fantasy movie. It had, uh, Oh, who's the guy that always has to rescue his daughter, uh, in the movies. Like his daughter gets kidnapped. Taken. And, and, and taken. that is, that's the movie. And, uh, yeah. What's his name? Liam Neeson. Thank you. Liam Neeson. It's it like one of his first roles. He plays like this, like uh gigantic, 
uh, I think he plays a was it a Cyclops something like that in in uh, in Curl and it's it's amazing to see him so young but yet he's kind of playing this older kind of character uh, anyway Curl the video game was really great and it was that was kind of fun is you know we never had that kind of experience up till then where you saw a movie and then you could go play a video game that. You know, yes, it required a, a big stretch of your imagination because the graphics weren't so great, but you knew you were playing in the world of Curl or the world of Star Wars. And that just added so much to the game, you know. Uh, uh, and for a long time, a lot of games that were connected to movies were actually good. Nowadays, that's usually not the case. It's the opposite. It's like, oh, great, you know, an Avatar game's coming out. You know, I don't even look twice at it, you know. But back then, uh, yeah, you know, the Star Wars games on the NES, uh, like Super Star Wars and uh, on this, or they were just called Star Wars and then Super Star Wars on the SNES. Uh, those were really fun games, you know. Uh, and that just totally uh, was was a neat experience uh, to see uh, how... Uh, they would do that. Like even 20, 2010, the movie had an Atari game and it was pretty bad actually, but still. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, sorry. So I hearing my Atari games. I just hear your games just went right out of the, and that was so uh, common with those, those cases where they just slid in like, and they slid think... right out. I think that this case, I was just looking at the, that's why they fell out. As I was looking at the bottom of the case, I don't know if you yeah. can see it. Wall mount. Nah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, can you read it? It says Music Mate on the bottom of my case. Oh, interesting. Was this is, like a, like a eight track case? I or think, something? I think the, yeah, it's an eight track. Uh, Ooh, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, when you said that. Because it says cassette organizer cassette like well no wait sorry it doesn't say no it does say cassette it says modular tape organizer cassette individual unit norelco box oh but then it says eight track individual unit sleeve package yeah i was gonna say eight tracks were considered cassettes which yeah so i always called them eight tracks i don't this looks and it's been a while this looks bigger than i remember cassettes like like cassette tapes actually I agree. being yeah but, i mean i have some in my other room uh but i think i think the eight tracks were kind of the approximate size of the atari cartridges anyway yeah they kind of were uh that's interesting that's what that was made for yeah anyway i just did that, that come with what, did that come with you buying the Atari, or did you buy that uh, separately? This Atari is actually has stayed in the family for forty oh, years or whatever. That's so incredible. Oh. Uh, this is my wife's dad's wow. original Atari twenty six hundred from nineteen seventy eight. Oh, that's so amazing. So that's uh, really that's such a. Uh, sadly that's such a rare thing you know it's like like my parents had this you know and it's a good philosophy but it's heartbreaking when i think of all the toys and all the game systems i had to trade up on is that if you 
bought a new game system, you had to let go of the other system, you know? And so the Atari 2600, we donated to somebody in my, my parents' church and away it went, you know? And, uh, uh, so it's sad because yeah, like you have, you guys having that in your family for, for that whole entire time is, is incredible. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I had one and then I bought a new one on eBay or not a new one, but a new one to me used Atari 2600, uh, just the, yeah, the standard wood grain. Uh, and, uh, I had that for quite a few years and then I got a hyperkin, which is what I have now that allows me to play via HDMI and it's not bad. Uh, but now that I have the mister, it's, it's, I just, there's not, you know, unless I want to rip a cartridge, which the hyper can, can do, uh, you know, I just, there's no use for it. Honestly, I just, you know, and the joystick was honestly, that was the other thing too, is that, you know, it had this joystick system with a single button and, uh, this, this, it's an iconic, it's an iconic design. Oh man. And it's like, I, I had, many a t-shirts that either had the Atari symbol on the shirt or had just the, the joystick on it, you know, but it really was a terrible uh, unit playing it on a digital D pad or whatever is so much better. So much better. Uh, I have uh, original Atari joystick controllers, you know, the square with the stick and the button. Um, Yeah. But then I, I also have what I assume must be for Pong or something. Oh, the paddles? The dials. They have the yes. dial and a, and a button. So those are called paddles, or they were called paddles. But, yeah, they really are a, a circular, a circle that you twist left and right yep. dial. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was great for Pong. There was a few other games that used it. Um I was wanting to say, like, I thought, like, they made a disc of Tron for the Atari that you could mm. use it for. You know, similar type games anyway. Uh, and, yeah, that was innovative. I loved the paddle system. Like, that could have been used so much more than it ended up being used. Almost everything, and sadly. You know, it's one of those great designs that people just didn't really program for, which is a real bummer. Uh, uh but yeah, you can download, you can get the entire Atari twenty six hundred collection of of games, and it would fit, you know, on probably a three point five floppy. I mean, because all those games are like four kilobytes, so it's kind yeah, of you know, if you I'm want a curious. massive amount of good games that yes have simple graphics, but man, if you just have like a you know tiny bit of space on your android phone and want to have an emulator there you go that you could download the whole collection and you could actually send it out on an email because it wouldn't even come close to being bigger than the attachment limit on your email (laughs) you know crazy so yeah Uh, 72 was a great year because there was another thing that happened which was star wars and uh star wars was released and of course that changed the movie industry forever and uh so yeah i just looked it up by the way the answer to what is the and the size of the entire atari 2600 library it is 1.9 megabytes yeah megabytes man 
that's just crazy uh how yeah 1.9 megabytes that's amazing uh it, it really is that's nothing that's yeah that's now, less than nothing you know and and i have to say i and i'm an old fogey when it comes to this but it does drive me a little crazy the size of video games now you know it's uh you know now we're looking at 80 120 gigabytes for a single game uh and i know that it's necessary but man i just it it makes me mad for some reason like i just feel like wow did they really have to use that much space for the game could they have not been more efficient this or that i honestly don't know but it just drives me a little crazy how big games are now you know uh the space. A lot of uncompressed oh. images or even compressed yeah. images or yeah. video files. The or... video files, I think, is a big one. You know, I've seen where they've, you know, people have gone in and recompressed those video files to make the game smaller. And I don't like that because I, I feel like, you know, whatever the author intended is the way it should be. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. You know. But also the the a lot of times the author's intent was limited by technology or size restrictions yeah, or whatever. Yeah, no, and, and that's so, true like, too. Yeah, you know, if you like, for example... Uh, like for a video, seen... like there's a lot of, particularly the uh, Xbox 360 or even the GameCube generation, like they, they liked to do the, the real-time, or even the PlayStation 1 actually, they do real-time video yep. on disc, but still had size restrictions. So they would compress the heck out of the videos and they, you can tell they're compressed. Terribly oh yeah. Cause because they were the literally blocky, using like, yeah, you know, they were using MPEG one, which yep. is nuts compared to like right now we have a, it, it, it just got released to the public for kind of general release on uh, it's called BC one. It's a compression and VC1 is going to change the world. Like I took a, uh, I took a, like for example, a uh, uh, 4K movie on 4K Blu-ray is around 80 gigabytes. I compressed it down to about 15 gigabytes with zero loss. I mean, it's just VC1 compression. It, it does take a, like. Like for example, the PlayStation Five. Are you 5, saying VC as in Victor or BC as in boy? Victor, Victor. Victor. VC one, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's VC one or. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, if games start using that technology, uh, they'll be able to squeeze a lot more video on high, you know, 4K definition video that's going to look just amazing and the both the xbox and the ps5 have plenty of horsepower to be able to decode it because it is it is a more intense decoding process for sure and encoding process right uh but uh yeah that technology like you said i think you're right there is a lot of restrictions and yeah mpeg one was brutal for uh you know for video so what year i'm sorry we're way off track now what year do you think was the initial release of vc1 it i thought it was like gosh it was like five years ago i think and it's like it took forever for it to become available to the public am i right 
I'm wrong. Well, its initial release was 2006. Yes. And its yes. latest release is 2013. Wow, that's so sad. But, but there's a difference between a format being in use and a format being available for general use. Yeah, because... and there's versions within the VC1, mm. you know. Yeah, VC1's been around, and that's and it's so true. V, uh, video technology adoption rate is really slow, you know. Even uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. MP3 just know. got deprecated, but it was invented in, like, the 80s. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it Which is crazy. Um Deprecated is probably not even the right word for MP3. But it's been, uh, yeah. But it, it's it the, the license on it had expired or something, like and they uh, didn't even three it years or ago or something. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, 1977 was an amazing start, I think, to... And I think, yeah, I think I mean, the Atari is, really was I, the beginning. I, I think, personally... And this is really not fair. Uh, personally, <laughs> I think that the... Because I wasn't there. Yeah. In my opinion, the Atari 2600 is the first thing I could say I consider a real video game system. Right? Because there's obviously earlier ones like the Magnavox Odyssey or whatever. Yeah, the Odyssey like, 2 and whatever. Yeah, but the 2600 is what got... Yeah. It was. It became really popular. I mean, every kid, every family kind of had one. It was kind of a family thing, you know. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't as geeky yet, you know. Once the Nintendo came out, it started becoming more geek culture. But the Atari was really like this family thing, and you got around. You know, they try to make it a family home computer. I mean, that's you know, very similar to what what Nintendo tried to do uh, in a lot of and in a lot of ways succeeded, but. Yeah, the Atari, I think, without the Atari, I wonder where we would be in video games. Uh, it just, uh, yes, there was the crash, and I I think that that was really, I don't really, I don't think it's really fair, and it's hard to look back on it and say, oh, it was this or that, but I honestly feel like a lot of it was just technology limitations. We got to a point mm -hmm. of where we pushed the technology as far as we could, the market got flooded with a bunch of similar video games because that's all they could really do. And then, yeah, people got tired of that. So, yeah, it did die up. But then, you know, as technology got a little better, Nintendo and system, the Sega System 8, what was that called? Uh, the Master what? System, right? Master System, thank you. Yeah, the Master System. Uh, yeah, came out. Yeah, the, the Atari, I think, is like the first true like mass market yeah. uh, cartridge based system. And it really was. And it was the first to have the boxes and the yeah. cover. I mean, I have a book on the cover art of Atari and it's amazing. I mean, they had in-house artists, you know, right there with the game programmers talking about what they should do with the artwork on the covers. And I mean, yeah, it was just fantastic time there's a lot of really great uh documentary uh i can't say the word documentaries documentaries thank you uh, out there uh about atari and i highly recommend watching some of them because they're just it's just it was such a neat time in history 
including one of the first female programmers uh, for video games was at Atari, and she was amazing. Um, and she did a lot of, she did some really good video games. I, of course, can't think of any of them, but uh, yeah, and female artist as well. So yeah, there was some really cool stuff there that happened at Atari, and then it went south, unfortunately, yeah. pretty hardcore. Yeah, but, Atari is... Yeah. Atari is a joke these days. It is a joke and now. Has, and they have been for like 20 oh, years at least. Yeah. You know, they, yes, they released a new system. Uh, and it was it was it was really just a big fast emulation system and they tried to charge you a lot of money for games and uh yeah, it just didn't work out. Uh uh and rightfully so. Um and it was really expensive too. It was like the it was like 600 bucks, you know. It was really or 500 bucks or something. Uh, but they are working with a new Atari's coming out with, is it at games? I think they're working with oh, that boy. company to make a new mini at system. At games or? is not known for good stuff. No, no. You know, I, uh, I am not a fan of at games for the most part. So yeah, the one thing they did come out with, which I actually, at first I was a little, I didn't like it because I thought they had shortened the game, but uh, they made a Contra uh, arcade video game system that had the long screen lcd screen and it was a little just mini arcade game it actually has the full rom uh of the original arcade i actually thought it was shortened but uh so i have to give them props for that because uh that was one of the only ways i could own that atari rom or that a uh, contra rom file but uh, oh yeah um uh but yeah at games boy They've made a lot of bad stuff. Uh, in fact, I really hate most of their uh, arcade systems they release are packaged like they're the arcade version, but they're usually the NES version. So like you get this great game and people are like, oh, this isn't the game I played as a kid at the arcade. Right. This is a crappy, you know. And of course, yeah, uh, what was the game I assigned you? Uh, Rolling Thunder? But, yeah, Rolling games. Thunder. Rolling Thunder. So Rolling Thunder, they made one, and I was so excited. I literally had my finger on the purchase button, and I was like, wait, I better check. And sure enough, it was a bad, bad NES copy. And so, uh, you know, yeah. that would have been 50 bucks just down the drain if I had bought that. So um, heartbreaking. So we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, yeah. I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. <clears throat> or I'll yeah, leave you got to think of a game for me, too. Well, well, for, before we before we end the Atari section, I think that and this is this is Atari more broadly, but just yeah. last year, like j like just a few months ago, they released a a uh, I I don't even know how to describe it because it is not just an emulation package, but it is a game for modern platforms called Atari Fifty. Yes. And yeah. it is m less about playing old games and more about the an interactive history of Atari, including new interviews with some of the original developers of Atari games and stuff. Oh, wow. That's um, cool. And it's apparently I've, I actually haven't played it, but I've heard a lot about it. And it's got apparently a very slick interface. And yeah, I've uh, seen some good reviews on it. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised. You, I, you got to pick it up, man. I don't know how you. Yeah, I, I need to get that. it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So, so you're assigning me 
Mega Force from the Atari, the Atari 2600. I know it's going to be brutal. Absolutely, be, be playing on my Mister, and I'm definitely going to be using my uh, 8-bit dough arcade stick to get the, as close as oh. I can to that Atari feel. Yep, that would be perfect, um, actually. For you, uh, you know, I've been struggling to think about it because for whatever reason, I always forget to think about what I'll assign you. Um, yeah, through the weeks that were through, not Yeah, really and, and yeah. even throughout this episode. Uh, <laughs> so I have assigned you an N64 game, a GameCube game, a PS2 it's game. Yep. Uh, and this would be the, the fourth one. I think I'm going to go with Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. And which I'm a little bit worried about because I think you've got pretty extensive experience with, but uh, I am going to assign you uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Have you played that game before? Boy, I don't think I have. You know, I've played a lot of the Mario games, but the I don't think I've played the Superstar Saga. So good one, good one. Let's do yeah, it. so uh, that was a game I picked up as a kid and... Uh, I I think it might be my first RPG that I played all the way through. So it's an um, RPG. Wow. It's an RPG, a Mario well, it's RPG. It's not like Paper Mario. It's it is more not of like a... Paper Mario. It, you know, just to give you a little intro to the game. Yeah, the idea yeah. is that it is a it's a Mario RPG, and like Paper Mario or even Super uh, not Superstar Saga. That's the one I'm talking about. Uh, the SNES one. The legend of the seven stars or whatever oh yeah they had like mario rpg i think yeah they? Super mario, just RPG. mario rpg yeah. yeah um like those games it has like a unique mechanic to mario rpgs where it's got more interactive elements during battles uh and this one's twist is that it's not just mario it's mario and luigi and uh they assign so you can do like hammer and jump for attacks in in bat turn-based battles and you can like dodge attacks during the battles like in paper mario uh but you also play as luigi and mario is controlled with the a button and luigi is controlled with the b button and uh yeah and you even in the overworld where there are puzzles that involve you controlling each of them separately. One follows the other. Yeah. But you control them with the A and the B button separately. Um, so does it, uh, does it force you to play one character or the other at certain points in the game? Or does it, you just have, a, you just get to flip them at your will or play. You can, fl- you can flip them at your will, but they have different skill sets that you can utilize use. for solving puzzles differently. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, and this one takes place in the Bean Bean Kingdom, and it's got a lot to do about coffee, and so that's really? fun too. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So, uh, again, what's the name of it? Superstars? Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Superstar Saga. 
Gotcha. So the Game okay. Boy Advance, you could play it on your Mister. You could play it on Ooh, any yeah, portable systems. If yeah, you had an analog of... pocket, that's where I'd say you should play it. But you I know don't I yet. still don't still, have one yet. It is like is almost insane. February, and I'm still. They promised it'd be done by the end of the last year, and it's. Not I know there. it's like they're a month over, and I still haven't gotten a single email. Nothing. Yeah, I that's... just check online to see that it's still out there, and the order is there. Uh, it's valid. It's ready to go. They'll they'll send me an email when it's ready. Is all it says. So go analog please send me my analog pocket for crying out loud i don't hold on i'm gonna check the discords like people are still getting them yeah i think yeah I think. <laughs> but it's so late like i don't know i don't know anyway is, i hope you get really your soon bad. i'm excited to try out this atari game i wish you could play oh, I Super really Star wish, Saga I mean, that's the thing but... is like that i so desperately want that to become my you know my portable mister you know so when i'm yeah. playing you know most early portable games the mister's gonna you know the the pocket is gonna be my go-to system when i want to play you know Systems that were designed for TVs, I'll play it on the Mister. You know. Yeah, I mean like, that's the oh, that's the way to go. Trade off, and it's like um, oh, drives me crazy. I I've been thinking about a YouTube video to to do lately, and I I what I want to do is my three favorite retro systems that I use regularly, and those are Steam Deck, uh, Mister, Analog yep. Pocket, and that that's the thing is like. Yeah, Steam Deck great. is versatile in a lot of ways, and so sometimes I'll pick that up for for retro games. But but then then Mister is like you said, for playing on a TV, and yeah. Analog Pocket is for playing handheld. Yeah, right now I have the you know I'm playing with the Anbernick 351M, and uh, you know it's a great. That's the one that kind of looks like the little mini GameCube, or it has the GameCube kind of. It's got that purple color what's that from yeah, Is that the yeah. indigo yeah, the indigo be. yeah and uh really pretty little system it's actually a really nice emulator uh for smaller games but it's still software emulation based you know and uh yeah so yeah i really look i love it but i i, I will be happy to replace it with the analog pocket uh once i finally get it so it's it's a it's a great system. So and anyway. Steam Deck is like if I'm on the go, Steam Deck is my Mister, so to speak. Um, and it also plays certain games that the Mister can't play yet. Oh, I mean, it can, uh, it's or not, not, the Steam Deck can play everything. It, it really, it, really, can. it can play just like yeah. everything. Yeah, the only thing it can't do is the those uh, those Techno Parrot games that use a, a Windows operating system. You know, they right, still can't, yeah. you know, and that's a bummer because there's a lot of really good, you know, Batman the Ride, I think I've, I've talked to you about several times, is one of my favorite newest retro games out there, which I think sure. came out, you know, 2006 or something. So, all right, let's well, uh, let's yeah, wrap okay, it up. So I'll, and... Super Mario and Luigi Superstars. I'm gonna have to remember that name. You're gonna have to. That's all right. Me. Well, you, I can message you if you if you go to if you're like ah, oh, time to download a game or whatever. Yeah. Let me know and I'll I'll send you the the, the name of it again. Sure. Yep. Um. All right. <laughs> uh. Well, it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun. Happy yeah. Birthday. Thanks for letting me do this year, 1977. 
yeah. check it out. Atari twenty six hundred. I can't t- can't wait till next year when we do nineteen seventy eight. I'm kidding. It'll, you can pick whatever other year you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nineteen seventy eight uh, would be brutal because there wasn't much that happened except for a lot yeah. of games that came out for the Atari. But yeah, right. Uh, all right. Well, um, this was great. Thanks everyone for listening, and we will catch yeah. you next time.